I'm Jack Hirschman and welcome to this week's edition of the Hot Topics podcast, the place where the global thinkers, innovators and disruptors come to share their thought leadership on the fast-moving tech ecosystem. In this week's episode, we're going to be taking a look at something that, for the most part, is all around us, cities and their future. Because in about 10 to 20 years, they're going to be unrecognisable, transformed by technology and transformed by the Internet of Things. Solutions like smart parking, connected waste and traffic management will all be part and parcel of the urban spaces in which we all live. And you can't forget public safety, of course, the extent of which may just replicate an Orwellian nightmare. Nonetheless, with half the world's population currently living in cities, a figure set to dramatically increase in the coming years, something needs to be done now if cities are going to be able to cope with the rapid urbanisation that's set to take place in the coming years. I caught up with Jonathan Reichenthal, CIO of the city of Palo Alto, to talk me through the changes and potential pitfalls that come with the transition from an analog city to a digital city, all the way into the future with smart cities. My first question is, why, why does a city like Palo Alto need a CIO? Yeah. You know, when you think about uh, any type of organization today, and an organization pursuing some sort of project, whether it's a project to um, support the operations of the organization, or a project to help uh, create a new product or service for the marketplace. Less and less uh, do I see projects without a technology component. Um, increasingly, technology is at the heart of all the changes we make. And, and, and in the context of government, uh, we're seeing exactly the same trend. Um, whether it's giving our public safety folks better tools to solve crimes, to pursue criminals, um, whether it's to have uh, a more efficient financial organization, uh, technology is at the core. Now, the challenges of cities are huge. Uh, you know, we've got to solve transportation problems. We've got to solve energy issues, city health, public safety. And so there's going to be an enormous amount of technology that plays a role in all of this. Historically, there's been IT managers. There's been IT folks. You can probably guess that uh, the, the idea of a technology team in a city context isn't that unusual. But what is unusual, and, and based on your question, is that there hasn't been a senior executive who has sort of taken a strategic view of how technology can be used to solve these really big, big problems across the city landscape. And so city leaders, mayors, council members, city managers are saying, you know, we, we need big thinkers. We need people who have really good experience in the technology world to come to bear on these problems. Uh, and so while Palo Alto, as a relatively small city, is unique to have a CIO, um, we're going to see this increasingly across all types of cities of all sizes. You know, it's not a surprise that the federal government of the U.S. is a CIO, the federal agencies, the states. It's pretty commonplace now. When you get down to the sort of the, the, those key big cities in the United States, New York, Chicago, they all have CIOs. Get a little lower and it's less, it's less likely. Um, but I would say it's going to be a, only a few years before you see this as a key role within city government. Okay, so what is it that the, a fully digital city actually looks like? I mean, you hear a lot about it, but uh, it's, it's quite difficult to really you know, imagine and grasp that. It really is. Um, I'll tell you a little story. So I joined the city of Palo Alto four years ago. And the city manager had a, was, was pretty ambitious around what 
what we could do to solve some of our problems uh, using technology. And so, uh, you know, they, they sent an executive uh, recruiter out to find the right person. They found little old me. And, uh, you know, I, I met with the city manager several times, both before and after I, I accepted the opportunity. And we, we agreed we, 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 ought to, we ought to take a bold approach to technology in Palo Alto. After all, it's the birthplace and heart of Silicon Valley. It's almost a responsibility. So we spent uh, you know, a, a little while thinking about this. And I came back and I said, we, we should build a leading digital city. Now, the city manager loved the sound of that. And, and to this day, I, I, I joke with him that I'm not entirely sure that I understood what that meant. And you know, even based on the research I did, the definitions available around what a digital city was four years ago were really light. But I, I felt, you know, there's enough guidance there. Digital city is about connecting uh, citizens, visitors, businesses, and city hall over the internet, uh, creating digital services out of traditionally manual processes, sort of in a, in a nutshell. Um, and we said, well, we can participate, but we can help also define, to help define what a digital city can be. And so we set this goal to be a, uh, our vision statement was to build and enable a leading digital city. In 2013, the Center for Digital Government recognized us as the number one digital city in America for a city of our size. Uh, now, that only means we started the process. We didn't become a digital city, work done, I can go home. Um, we put in place the right strategy. We started to make some real good progress showing how you can take um, old paper-based services, um, how you can take data and digitize all this for uh, consumption and easy use by, by the community and all those different stakeholders. Uh, you know, th th there's a lot of things that, uh, it won't come as a surprise to you, that are inefficient in a government context. Uh, a lot of it does come down to the fact that we rely heavily on, on paper-based processes and so the opportunity to digitize the processes, to make them available over the web, over smartphones and tablets, this is the journey to become more digitized. Now, if I could say one more thing, which is uh, becoming a digital city for the, for the last four years uh, has, has, um, has been um, a, a very important vision and, and a set of activities for us. But now we're, we're on a bigger mission and vision. Um, of which digital city is now a component. And that is this journey to become a leading smart city, where digital city really addresses the digitization of services. A smart city is the optimization of a whole set of all types of services as it relates to transportation, safety, um, uh, 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 um, smart buildings, smart homes, um, and beyond. So uh, we're now expanding our, our purview to, uh, to really start to articulate what this means interesting so what will the city in 20 years look like yeah um, well I think what I'm discovering is with both the journey to digital and journey to smart I'm not sure there is an end I don't know how we would define that you know think about a city that you like or you live in it's constantly evolving uh, you know, uh, new industries are being attracted, new buildings are being built, new neighborhoods are being created, old neighborhoods are being refreshed. Um, they're, they're, you know, they're, there's an organic feel to our urban 
um, centers. And, and I think the same uh, will be reflected in how we use technology and behavior and data, which are the components of a smart city. Um, it'll evolve as time goes by. Um, but we can talk about some of the basics. What are some of the basics? I think there should be an expectation that the core services are available over the internet. Right? Uh, whether it's paying a parking ticket, reporting a crime, uh, paying your utility bill, uh, whatever the core services are that a city provides, I think we should have the expectation that um, these services are accessible on the internet or through apps, through a smartphone, which is where people are kind of shifting now. Um, we got to we got to do those. That that you know, if you're if you're a city today contemplating uh, this work, do an inventory of your core services and figure out what needs to be done to get those um, uh, digital. As you think bigger and you think about uh, one sort of domain of a city, uh, we'll take transportation, one of my favorites. Um, something that impacts all of us. We all have to get to work mostly. We have to get home. We've got to go to entertainment. Um, we, we, we are uh, participants in some sort of transportation system. If you are a single rider in a car by yourself on a busy highway, it's not very pleasant. Some people getting 12 miles to work can take now an hour, an hour and a half. So that's an area that we, we need to solve. Um, so what could a smart city look like as it, regards, as it relates to transportation? Well, a few things. First, there should be lots of options. A car can't be the only option. Um, is public transport a viable option? Is uh, the availability of bicycle paths and bicycles an option? Um, or, increasingly, is a combination of modalities the way in which uh, we can get from A to B? Um, and then, you can, then we can now dig a little deeper, and I'll, I'll give you this as a final example to your question. Um, uh, assuming that we continue to drive, which we will for the foreseeable future, or be driven by maybe driverless day, cars. Um, we still need to find parking spaces. We need to find places to put cars. 40% um, of the traffic in major urban centers is caused by people looking for parking spaces. 40%. So if we can figure out how you can find an available parking space quickly and get your car there, not only is it a more pleasant experience, but we can solve some traffic. So. Um, these are the kinds of things that, that um, using technology, innovation, um, and, 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 uh, and looking at problems in a 21st century way, not a 20th century way, um, are going to be the way in which we get to be more smart, but never complete, the, you know, never finish our work. I see what you mean. I, I mean, I, in kind of preparation for this interview, I saw you're quite, quite a big proponent of... Uh open data and, yes. and, and do a lot with, in terms of privacy. Yes. Surely if you are sort of making that shift towards smart cities, inevitably you know, your citizens' data will be tracked more. How, what are you going to do to ensure that it's done in the right way? Well, you're right to call out the issue of privacy and security. This is going to be a difficult place for everybody uh, uh, as, we, as we continue to head into the future. As we basically build software driven solutions for just about everything in our lives from healthcare to transportation to energy to entertainment we're effectively increasing what's called the 
the, the attack space, the opportunity for bad people to do bad things. And you're right to say there's going to be an enormous amount of data involved in all of this. Um, a lot of it will be in the city context uh, freely available. Um, so it may not be a question of confidentiality, but it could be a question of data integrity. You know, if, if bad people start messing with the data, uh, what does that look like when cars, connected cars, rely on transportation data to be accurate, to avoid accidents? Um, so I'm not here right now to tell you I figured it out. <laughs> I'm also here to tell you that lots of people are thinking about this problem and, 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 and we, we recognize it as a big issue. Um, the, the silver lining is where there's a big problem like the increase in uh, privacy challenges and security challenges in the future, there will be innovators who want to monetize that. And one of the things we see emerging out of the startup communities, particularly in Silicon Valley and increasingly in Tel Aviv and in London and other places, is uh, folks trying to tackle the security challenges. Uh, and I've been really impressed by some of the ideas. Um, so whilst we need to be concerned, I'm, I'm somewhat of an optimist that we're going to uh, have some good solutions. Uh, it, it seems to me for the foreseeable future, there will be this uh, back and forth between uh, the, the um, gains we'll make uh, to secure our environment and, and, the, um, and the, the attacks that will happen. And this will kind of go backwards and forwards. Um, I'm just as interested as everyone else to see you know, uh, what kind of world we'll have 5 to 10, 15 years from now when so much of uh, who we are is based on software and on data. When you mentioned kind of startups who are really trying to innovate this space now, do you, do you think that the, the real sort of winning brands will be those who regain their customers' trust mm -hmm. or gain, gain it in the first place? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I can, I can agree with the opposite, which is if, you, if there's a breach or you have a problem, it's going to be really hard to get back your customers. Exactly. Um, that, that is, uh, so you, you, you better be designing with security in mind. I, I, I do get concerned right now, I, don't, I think this concern is just short term, that those of us who are building uh, Internet of Things solutions, um, you know, to keep them low cost, we're using um, maybe not the most robust software in these small, cheap devices. Um, and, and that potentially is exposing uh, all of us and, and these companies to, to some higher levels of risk than, than all of us would like. Um, what you're really getting at, which I think is a good point, is uh, that the marketplace is a good um, enforcer of behaviors like uh, ensuring that companies think about security. Uh, and, and uh, you know, it, you know, a bank succeeds or dies today based on their security or their ability to mitigate or respond quickly. Um, you know, there are increasing numbers of businesses. If you are a startup in the healthcare space, you need to worry about this a lot. This is really protected information you're dealing with. Um, and you won't succeed for a moment if there's uh, uh, um, the perceived risk or there actually is a breach. Um, and, and so, well, I certainly hope that uh, uh, organizations, cities, startups are, are making cybersecurity a, a real priority. Okay, final question. Sure. Um, so what do you think uh, the government's role is in, protect, in protecting citizens in the digital age in terms of security? Uh, like in the US, cybersecurity is the number one national security threat. Um, 
uh, you know, it's, it's above terrorism, uh, or physical terrorism. It's above, you know, organized crime. So number one threat, we, we, uh, we have recognized it now as a, as a society at large, as a, um, as a risk to our way of life. You know, um, uh, we're, we're only moments away from a catastrophic attack to the, uh, the power grid um, uh, or some form of our infrastructure. Um, there's some good work being done. Um, where there is regulation and, this, and the government has authority, it, it needs to be in there enforcing, um, passing regulation, escalating into law, um, the kinds of things we need to put in place to, to protect the, the population in, in general. The, the question of cybersecurity, though, is, um, is, is, uh, has to be addressed, though, in the majority by the private sector. Um, you know, the, the vast majority of products and services that um, people consume that ha are, are, are potentially vulnerable to cybersecurity risk are supported um, and provided by the private sector. So it goes back to your previous question, which is uh, you know, a, a about reputation and brand and, and what happens if a, if a private company is breached. They, they ought to be motivated to, to protect. So uh, in summary, uh, we, we, we don't get off easy as governments. We, we have a, a core um, um, uh, responsibility towards elements of cybersecurity. Uh, but the vast majority is going to be owned uh, by the private sector. And there's going to be a partnership that needs to exist to make it all work. Partnership between government at the federal, state, county, and city level, or the equivalent in the UK or in Europe, and elsewhere, uh, and, and, and the private sector. Um, so multi-dimensional, uh, and, and, and a very important topic to keep top of mind. Great. Well, thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to the Hot Topics podcast. For more content, including live events and videos, visit hottopics.ht.